0: Hello and welcome to the Vote Her podcast. Because when you vote, great things can happen. I'm Mara Davis, media enthusiast, political enthusiast. I just returned from a trip uh from the deep south on a college tour. So, Terry, please hold me.
1: Been there, <laughs> done that, purchased a lot of college t-shirts for my kiddo. I am Terry Anelowitz, state representative for House District 42. And that is in Cobb County. The battery is part of my district. And I just learned today that Brian Kemp headquarters are in House District 42. So, Brian, if you need anything with the state, call me. Call Senator Jen. We will. We're here to help, you know, with any state issues for any constituent he, in the
0: district. I'm sure he's not up to anything these days. But, uh, he has plenty of time to call you. You know well, him, no. though, right? Well, no, typically, you know, when you I, see Matt, When you see him at the, so he's
1: not like, what's up, Terry? No, he's not like those <laughs> up there. <to him. laughs> but I, I didn't know that his headquarters were in my district, and you know, to, there's protocol. You, okay, you know, I was like, oh, it's in this very democratic place. So uh,
0: obviously, we're getting down to the wire. As you know, our podcast has been going. Uh, we're ramping it up and talking to you more about everything that's going on. Obviously, the hot races. And while we're recording today, it's obviously the day we're recording is the in a few hours the. Well, as you're listening, the Walker Warnock debate has already happened. So, uh, we you know we'd like to be in the future and do all that, right?
1: (laughs) Future us is going to have a really good time talking about those debates.
0: So, you know, um, I think it's really going to be interesting those debates, but I also think it's not going to move the needle because nothing matters. What do you think?
1: I think it will validate. To a lot of people who have already made up their minds that, that, they're, that they've that they made the right decision, I think you're right. I don't think it's going to move the nil. There may be a few people who are struggling internally with whether or not, you know, I, there may be a few re- specifically Republicans who are struggling internally with, do I want to go ahead and vote for Herschel Walker because he would probably vote the way I would want him to vote like, can I actually do that? Because that would mean actually having to vote for Herschel Walker. And I think mm-hmm. there are, there are some people who are having that internal, like the angel and the devil on their shoulder, struggle trying to figure out, you know, <laughs> like, how, you know, like like can I can I do this and sleep at night? And if they're you know if they're trying to figure out, do they want to vote for Herschel or do they just want to skip the race? Yeah, that might there may be something that comes into play for that, but. I don't know. know. Most people, I think, know who they're going to vote for. I don't think
0: so. I feel like it's a spectacle. But, of course, we'll be watching and we can report on that later on because there's obviously going to be a ton of coverage on this. But in a weird way, debates do matter. I think that it can go a long way because, look, we are uh, high information political enthusiasts. So we are watching every move. And for a lot of people— they're just seeing something for the first time. And as we learned from some of the other debates, like I remember the last Warnock debate uh, when Warnock debated Kelly Leffler, I mean, that was some really
1: riveting stuff. I mean, that that it got a lot of coverage. It did get a lot of coverage. It did. And the thing is, too, like when we watch debates, we've observed like we've My met opponent, elect-
2: radical liberal Raphael oh, Warnock. Wait radical liberal Raphael Warnock, radical liberal Raphael Warnock, radical liberal Raphael Warnock. My opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock, radical liberal Raphael Warnock and my opponent,
0: radical liberal Raphael Warnock, my opponent. So, sorry, I just popped that in
2: on you.
1: No, she's, she's nailing her talking points. (laughs) Can't say, nobody can say that Kelly Leffler can't nail a talking point. I mean, that, um
0: you know, I, I, I feel like Walker's going to do the same thing is that he's going to hone on in on something and and then just repeat it just the way she did that.
1: I, I mean, it's, it seems like it would be good debate prep. I've never participated in debate prep at that level. And I have, you know, friends who have stood in for, for opponents for debate prep. Uh, and I, I, I can't even imagine how that's going at the Warnock campaign right now and who they asked to be the Herschel. For the Mm -hmm. for their debate. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I guess we'll find that out. We'll find out who's the Herschel. (laughs) Yeah, but it's it is it is definitely something that you know you 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 go into any debate, no matter what level, you should go into any debate or candidate forum or whatever it is, knowing the points that you want to make and knowing the points that you want to make, no matter how your opponent might try to take the conversation. And no matter where the moderator of the debate might want to take that conversation. And that Kelly Loeffler clip you played is a perfect example of a candidate taking that to the greatest extreme in that she, you know, she knew she wanted to say radical liberal Raphael Warnock. And like, that is all she said. Well, you know, the thing with that was if she, if she was a
0: candidate who had charisma Right. And was someone who was, you know, really you, you you connected with? That may have worked. But the problem was, is that she was so wooden and it was just hard to, to really get into anything she was saying. And then, of course, we know John Ossoff. Uh, you know, it, we've played that clip of him, you know, from a few weeks oh, ago yeah. of him and David Perdue. But I want to play some of the other ones from uh, some of the other statewide debates. Um, this one... I th- thought was, you know, Mandela Barnes, uh, who is running against Ron Johnson from Wisconsin. Right. This was so interesting to me, Terry, because the d- the moderator asked, and this is so much of what's wrong with our politics, I think, today. The moderator asked, can you say something nice about each other? And uh, And here's how that went.
1: You have 30 seconds here. Mr. Barnes, you go first. What do you find admirable about your opponent?
3: Well, no, no, seriously, I, I do think,
1: you know, the senator has proven to be a family man. And I think that's, that's admirable. Uh, you know, that's absolutely to be respected. He, he speaks about his family. He's uh, done a lot to provide for them. I absolutely respect that.
2: Mr. Johnson.
3: I mean, Likewise. I appreciate the fact that uh, Lieutenant Governor Barnes had loving parents, a school teacher, father worked third shift, so he had, you know, good upbringing. I guess what puzzles me about that is, with that upbringing, why is he turned against America? I mean, what, why why oh does he God. find the right. founding
1: America awful? Right. It's, it's, it's Somehow, it, we it puzzles we me. did not. I said Please, we said something admirable, so. and it, <laughs> okay. Oh, those moderators, bless their hearts. I mean, that is well, and that's that's not an uncommon debate question, right? And so, I think it is one that they were prepared for. And what is what is really stunning is that Ron Johnson, like thought about that. He put thought into that. He planned to take... like, And he didn't even say anything nice about Mandela Barnes. He said something nice about it. He's like, well, your parents worked... You know, they worked really hard. That's not even about him, first of all. But then he turned it into, why do you hate America? And it's so... Even Which,
0: the audience was like, oh, uh, apparently yeah. uh, in that same debate, he was talking about FBI conspiracy theories in the audience. And you know, when, oh, you, yeah, when, no. when that's an audience probably full of supporters from both sides. And, and
1: high information, very engaged <laughs> voters. Yeah, and they're like, You're going to do that? No. What's next? Flat Earth? Yeah, that's a very— I think I think that that is a gaffe that will haunt Ron Johnson because we'll see. It's just un, it's just unnecessary. We'll see. Yeah. we'll see. Now here was a big uh, Gretchen
0: Whitmer. Uh, versus Tudor Dixon. I love
1: Gretchen Whitman. No, I
0: love the Big Gretch too. I oh, think man. she's just amazing. Um, but, uh, and you know, her opponent, Tudor Dixon in Michigan, is a real crazy. She's a tinfoil hat. Yeah, lady. she seems like
1: she's cut from the same mold as like Marjorie Taylor Greene or Lauren Boebert. Like cause it seems like that, that's who she wants her hangout buddies to be. But this was a closing
0: argument from, from uh, Big Gretch, which was pretty great. Hang on, here
1: we go. Four children were murdered. Eight were injured and the community was terrorized. Tudor Dixon posted on her social media a picture of her shooting a gun with the caption that said, gun control means using both hands. She is too dangerous and too out of touch to be trusted with protecting our kids. She'll put the Second Amendment before second graders every time. We cannot let that happen.
0: Oh, that was good. That's
1: strong. That is strong. So she rehearsed that, you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you haven't rehearsed everything you're going to say at the debate, you haven't prepared for the debate.
0: Okay. Okay. I thought, she, you know, and Tudor Dixon said a bunch of, you know, batshit crazy stuff, uh, which is not worth saying. Right. You know, I like the fun ones. That's the ones I picked no,
1: and for I, you yeah, today. And in fairness, I would not put it past Gretchen Whitmer to be able to do that on her toes. She absolutely could. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that, you know, you do prepare for a lot of different questions. I mean, ideally, you know, you run your lines, you... You know, you're practicing you're practicing delivery, you know, how how you want to emphasize because you know which points you want to make, regardless. And and we've all watched debates where the candidates, you know, the moderator asks the question and the candidate gives a very long and emphatic and well-rehearsed answer that has nothing to do oh, whatsoever yeah. with the question. Oh, yeah. Because that they 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 don't care what the question is. What's more important is they want to make they want to hit the points that they want to hit.
0: So a big one in Ohio, Tim Ryan against um running against JD Vance mm-hmm. and that. That one's a little wacky because you know, Ohio is is pretty much a red state, but it's still like on the on the edge, I think. Right. And JD Vance is is you know look, I understand why people like the guy and maybe like the guy a couple of years ago before he just again went full on. I mean, like he has a tweet from recently, like. Defending Alex Jones,
1: right? He had been a Never Trumper who then fully embraced the 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 loving arms of Trump, and Trump has demonstrated that love to him in so many ways and in so many places. I hope they've
0: asked Trump the Red Hillbilly Elegy, which. A
1: lot of people I know and respect. I, I love read that book. book. Yeah, people yeah. loved it. No, well, it was a it, you know it it gets you outside of your of your of your zone of your bubble.
0: Do not watch that movie on Netflix. No, please. I have not watched that movie, and I have no intention of watching. That <laughs> I movie. try to watch it, and I regret that first because it, it has like a really good cast. Has
1: Glenn Close as Mima? Yeah, Mima. <laughs> it was just don't just don't do it. That means Glenn Close can play Ivy one day. <laughs>
0: K.I.V. <laughs> well, listen to Tim Ryan, who I think happens to be a great candidate. He is a lot more moderate. He is feels like a regular guy. Yeah. Well,
1: and I think too, if J.D. Vance were not also being, you know, running for office the same time as Dr. Oz, and like the best thing that happened to J.D. Vance was Dr. Oz and Herschel Walker also running in the same Senate cycle.
0: Oh, I would agree with that for sure. Okay, so this was on Trump love.
2: Down on the stage. Uh, Donald Trump said to J.D. Vance, all you do is kiss my ass to get my support. support. J.D. is kissing my ass. He wants my support. support. I'm 18 points up. After Trump took J.D. Vance's dignity from him on the stage in Youngstown, J.D. Vance got back up on stage and said, start shaking his hand, take a picture, saying, hey, aren't we having a great time here tonight?
1: Are we having a good time? Is it great to have the president back in Ohio?
2: I don't know anybody I grew up with. I don't know anybody I went to high school with that would allow somebody to
0: take their dignity like that and then get back up on stage. So that was spliced together yeah. for a campaign piece. Which, is,
1: which was which was good, because <laughs> then you see it and it's like, like oh, my God, J.D. Vance is up there like, thank you, sir. May I have another?
0: <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It is pretty, pretty unbelievable. Yeah. So, um pretty good. I mean, but, but then again, I think that's another weird, like nothing matters kind of state. Oh yeah.
1: No, it's, 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 it's hardly unprecedented. I mean, look at what Trump, you know, talking about Ted Cruz's wife being ugly and Ted Cruz's dad being what what is. <laughs> like, so, kill JFK. Kill, kill JFK. Right. Like all of this weird, like he does this to person after person after person and they don't care. And it's wild because so many of like I feel like so much of the modern GOP ethos is like masculine manly men, right? I mean, there's a whole book about you know the the you know the the Jesus and John Wayne and about how you know that that masculinity is, has really taken over the evangelical church, for example. And so there's all of there there's this big manly man thing, but like all of these guys who who say they're these big Republican manly men are totally spanked on a regular basis by Donald Trump, and they don't do anything. And it's really fascinating.
0: It sure is. You talked about evangelicals. Um, I am so excited. I'm losing my mind, and we're going to talk about this more as the weeks go on because on November 1st, there is a Jerry Falwell Jr. documentary on The Pool Boy. And (gasps) this, to me, is I really love um, Christian corruption news. (laughs) it's one of my favorite topics. I've been waiting for this documentary. There's also a new book coming out about this, which maybe we will have that author on to talk about that because that's really the intersection of evangelicals and politics. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were really architects of all of that. So it's, it's really, really fascinating stuff.
1: Yeah. That podcast, The Run-Up talks about it a little bit. There's- Yes. Yes. It's a, it's, it's a real thing. And again, I, Neither neither Mary and myself are part of the evangelical church. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm Catholic, but it's, and which is not part of the evangelical church. Um, it's fascinating to see that. Yeah. Anyway, that's all. We'll, we'll have a it's show. All, we we'll should, show. you know, we, we,
0: we actually, she talked, uh, Mark Eber is, is the author of that. I, I, I believe that his, his name. And um cause I followed a lot of that through a, a podcast called Gangster Capitalism, mm-hmm. that's season three. And then there's just, um, you know, they had the head of the Southern Baptist Convention on 60 Minutes. I don't yeah. I don't have a clip pulled of that, but it, I was infuriated by it. Uh, and I would recommend you watch it. You know, Terry, I wanted to kind of, I went into it with a really open mind because he was a new president or new right. leader of it. Right. So I was like, okay. And they're doing an independent investigation into their sexual abuse. Right. And I thought, okay, you know, maybe maybe their eyes have been opened, but not at all. I mean, not at all. I mean, they're cool with a rape victim at 13 being forced to carry a baby. They are anti-LBGTQ. Uh, they are
1: not nice in yeah, many the, ways. Yeah, the clips I saw from the 60 Minutes interview were, it, it, there were some intellectual gymnastics happening.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: it was interesting how he was talking about being
0: anti-gay Sitting across from Anderson Cooper. Right. And props to Anderson Cooper, who's a real journalist, who's just asking the questions, you know, like, so so that was was really, really fascinating. So we have some local debates coming up. Um, This is dropping on Monday, but a lot of the big debates. So the first debate with Kemp and Stacey Abrams, that's going to be on Tuesday.
1: That is, yes, on Tuesday. That is Tuesday at it's gonna be no, that just that is on Monday. Okay. So yeah, on GPB. So wherever you are in Georgia, you have a Georgia public broadcasting station. And typically they do them on the radio also. Um, I'm sure Governor will be on the radio also, but it will air live from seven to eight PM on Monday, October 17th. And all three candidates, Stacey Abrams, Brian Kemp, and Shane Hazel, who is a libertarian candidate, will be there. Donna Lowry, love her. She's the moderator. And she is a phenomenal person to be the moderator. The panel panelists are, of course, Greg Bluestein from the AJC, Chuck Williams from WRBL. I believe that's in Columbus. I love that yeah. guy. I'm yeah. such a fan. We have to have him on. I'm that'd be fun. I'm a big fan of his. He that'd doesn't
0: be- know me. <laughs> I just love a a guy that's been doing politics like yep. he's You know, he's just been in the trenches. He's been in the trenches.
1: And then Jennifer Bellamy from 11 Alive. So that's the panel and the moderator, 7 p.m. If you're listening to this on Monday, 7 p.m. tonight, you will be able to watch this debate on your local GPB station.
0: And we'll be looking out for the Jen Jordan debate, which is happening on Tuesday the 18th. That is
1: on Tuesday the 18th. So on Tuesday, starting at 7 p.m., 7 p.m. You have the Secretary of State debate. That's going to be 30 minutes. Ted Metz, the Libertarian, Brad Raffensperger, and of course B. Wynn. And then we have got Lieutenant Governor at 7:30. So you have Charlie Bailey, Burt Jones, Ryan Graham, who is the Libertarian, and friend of the pod, Rahul Bali, is one of the pal- panelists. Oh, that's great. Yes, for that for the Lieutenant Governor debate. And then AG is actually going back in time. That that is going to be live streamed from 1:30 to 2 o'clock p.m. So, and, and you'll be able to watch this on the GPB website anytime you want to. Um, but that's going to have Jen Jordan, whose name is in this podcast, and Chris Carr and Martin Cowan, who is a libertarian. And that is actually going to be moderated by Archith Tashwati. And Archeth is a reporter with Nextar Media who is hosting the Herschel Walker debate. And I'm hoping we can have Archon here to, okay, great. To, to give a little rundown.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to, uh, to watching uh, Jen debate. Chris, I think she's been looking forward to it too.
1: <laughs> I am. Uh, who's playing Chris? Who's the Chris?
0: I don't know. I, um, I don't, I try not to ask Jen too many questions no, yeah. because she is very busy out there campaigning and we are rooting for her so much. Um, And I think she's going to do great. She was made for this. Like, oh yeah.
1: If you're, if you're a new listener and you're surprised as to why we are so evangelical about Jen Jordan, her name is literally in the podcast. <laughs> yes, <So. laughs> yes,
0: yes, of yeah. course.
1: Okay. So let's, so, you know, obviously next to Jen's debate,
0: um, I won there in the afternoon. She's not the prime time, but the prime time debate is obviously the governor debate. Um, right. Kemp versus Abrams. And I wanted to play this clip that went viral it was from 2018. It's making the rounds again. It's so weird. So, wait, uh, that's my dog. Um, I, I always love a podcast with, where a dog is uh, shaking in the background. <laughs> you know, you got that collar
3: shake. Okay, so here we go
1: people to break the law for you in this election,
3: Mr. Kemp, you are very aware that I know the laws of Georgia when it comes to voting. In fact, I am one of the foremost experts in the state on expansion of voting rights. And I have never in my life asked for anyone who is not legally eligible to vote to be able to cast a ballot. What I've asked for is that you allow those who are legally eligible to vote to allow them to cast their ballots. And in fact, we took you to court in 2016, and a federal judge said that you illegally canceled 34,000 registrations. You use the exact same system, the exact match system that is under dispute right now. Now, I realize that in the next response, you're going to say that it's a function of my organization because your tendency is to blame everyone else for the mistakes that you make. My responsibility as a leader is to see a problem and try to solve it. When I saw that we had 800,000 unregistered people of color in the state of Georgia, I started an organization that has reached into every county and increased those registrations. When I saw that people were being unlawfully denied the right to vote, I worked to make certain that we held you accountable. And as the next governor of Georgia, I will continue to do my job to make certain that every legally eligible vote that gets cast gets counted. Ms. Abrams. Okay, so um I got a question for you like is debate prep?
0: Are they told to like not make a mistake, not wave your head no, not hold one finger up like David Perdue? Um, I, I think fe- feel, I-, I feel like so many of them they're just like, just listen, take notes, pretend you're listening. Um, you know, obviously, then I remember that debate. Remember the fire alarm went off? Yes, yeah. <laughs> And it was just a total shit show. Uh, So, and obviously she
1: did not win that election. And, um, you know, so here we are. She didn't, but that clip is making the rounds again because a friend of mine was like, wait, they already had the debate. I saw a clip. I was like, no, that's from four years ago. Now, to the question of, is everything rehearsed? I don't think she necessarily rehearsed that. I mean, it's clear that Stacey Abrams has a dazzling intellect, and I think that's just the answer that she gave because he asked her that question. And you know, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think they knew what questions their opponents were going to ask them. You have to be prepared for just about anything. But she had made, you know, at that point in time, her life's work and life's mission was to register people to vote, and she had encountered. And then they were like, the Secretary of State's Office, and not just with voting. If you ask anybody who was dealing with professional professional licensure with corporations, when Brian Kemp was Secretary of State, a lot of people had a lot of complaints about how things were done at that office, again, pr- w- whether it was professional licensing, incorporations, trying to get information. I mean, I remember, you know, it, it, there was a lot that was really frustrating. and and she had honed in on all of the things that were frustrating and problematic about how. People were able to register to vote in Georgia when he was Secretary of State.
0: Yeah, so um, so they're going to have a rematch, and uh, there's a lot of stuff that uh, I've heard her in interviews recently. Um, you know, I'm a stand for Kara Swisher, and she was on Kara Swisher's uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. And Kara has some tough questions. She asked number one about um, her fair fight suit that Mm -hmm. she lost Mm -hmm. that made a lot of news and certainly that's going to be definite fodder for Brian Kemp's campaign as it should be. It's low hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. It's right there for the taking. And then the other thing was, you know, she got a lot of, a lot of heat for talking about, um, how the six month week heartbeat is a manufactured sound. And Kara asked the question. She was like, you know, I had that and that meant a lot to me. And you know, you're, taking away someone's joy, basically, by what you said. And her answer was just so incredible. I recommend you listening, you listen to yeah, it.
1: Because I, I understand both sides of that. I understand, I remember what it was like to hear, you know, that heartbeat for the first time or to hear what was, but I also understand that it's medically, it's not a heartbeat. And it is a, a sound that the machine is able to, my understanding is the machine basically takes that, that, electric activity and makes it into like a heartbeat kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah.
0: And she just, she also talked about, and I thought this was really fair. This was at a panel with Spellman students mm-hmm. and it was a long form conversation. Right. And so when you're taking a, when you're taking an isolated clip of something and you're not getting the context of right. the full conversation, um, what wasn't pointed out, and I wish she had said this, even though, listen, Stacy knows what that, she doesn't need my advice for sure. But uh, the privilege of, and we've talked about this, of, uh, of someone getting to have that ultrasound at that's six right. weeks because most women do not have that. No, no, that's exactly right. So there you go. So, all right, all of this is going to be very, very interesting of all all of these debates. Um, I bet you were in debate club, weren't you?
1: Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I just feel like that I mean, was high, your jam. High school. I only made it like freshman year in high school. Like it was like I, I did it in middle school and then high school. Like it was those. It was like next level at my high school. Everything in Texas is very, very, very competitive, including debate club. And so I leaned in more into journalism and photography in high okay. school.
0: Okay. Okay. But that was also
1: very competitive in
0: Texas. Yeah. Well, I mean, debate club is 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 really really serious, and I think it's just I think if you can. I think it's great, especially if you want to go to law school. Obviously, that's something that you definitely right. or do be uh, get into politics the way you are. I think it's you know so important right. to have those skills.
1: And I also think we should note that with all of the, you know, if you go to the GPB website, there's a long list of all these debates for, you know, every statewide and c- congressional race happening. And we heard so much about all of the drama with the Herschel Walker debate. I think it's worth, you know, and Herschel like, I'll do a debate if you do this. I'll do a debate if you do that. Like constantly moving the goalpost, as it were. And, and like trying to, because clear, it's clear that he doesn't want to debate. It's clear his team doesn't want to debate. And, and Herschel Walker is not participating in the Atlanta Press Club debate. So I think it's notable that every other candidate with, I think, one or two other exceptions, there's one member of Congress, which is not a very competitive race, and he hasn't confirmed the participation. Um, Lucy McBath, according to this, has not confirmed her participation yet. But looking at, you know, looking at this, all of these candidates were just like, yes, I will participate in the debate. I will be there. And so I think I think it's notable that like the main exception to this Atlanta Press Club debate series, which is, you know, it's held in high esteem. It's like yeah. Brian Kemp was just like, yes, I will debate, you know, yeah. I, like everybody else like, yes, we will debate. The only person who's pitching a hissy fit about debates and are they, you know, know, what kind of debate they want to do? The only person doing this, the only person having a hissy fit is Herschel Walker. Well,
0: yeah, because he's down in the polls. Brian Kemp is ahead by a lot. So he has, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot to lose at this point. Um, You know, and Herschel Walker's Herschel Walker. I mean- we have candidates who are taking the playbook of of what Trump did and Trump didn't show up for debates. And so this is this is the kind of foolery that that goes on here. Um, all right. Well, we're going to be uh, watching and listening and giving you more coverage on this, um, because I say nobody knows. Everybody thinks they know But nobody knows. I think this is an unprecedented midterm. It's a midterm cycle, and uh, we'll just we're just gonna have to wait and see. But that being said, I am fascinated with what is going on in Oklahoma. This is a state that is ruby ruby red, like blood red, like MAGA hat red. Right. Um. But things are happening there that are truly unexpected. And that will lead us to our next guest. So our guest is Jennifer Welch. This is a random way how I got Jennifer on the podcast. I learned of Jennifer on the Bravo show called Sweet Home Oklahoma and then Sweet Home. I was such a fan of her and her work. She is a spectacular interior designer Um, And a hilarious person with a fabulous life in Oklahoma City. And I'm like, I want to be friends with this person. And so we talked a couple times about PR and other things. Mm -hmm. And then just recently, Terry, I saw her on Instagram post this video about Oklahoma and Oklahoma women and how things are changing Mm -hmm. and motivating people to vote. And I thought this was the greatest video. I messaged her right away and I said, Jennifer. What can I do to help? What is happening right. in Oklahoma? And we talked and Jennifer, what is happening in Oklahoma?
2: Well, hello, both of you. And thank you so much for having you, me on your show. But I will tell you what's happening in Oklahoma is people are pissed. People are pissed. We are on the front lines, red states like ours, of the reaction to what happened when SCOTUS overturned the and we have a governor who has sworn to be the most pro-life governor in the country. And he has followed through with that. And we have a total abortion ban. And I have always been on the left. I've always kind of voted Democrat. And I've gone to all these political fundraiser, fundraisers in Oklahoma City for the last 20 years. And I always see about the, ten, the same 10 to 12 assholes at all of them. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. Oh, hey, Sarah. Hey, Suzanne. (laughs) Well, I got a text about three or four weeks ago, and it was like, we're all upset about Roe. We need to do something to change the laws in Oklahoma. Please come to this neighbor's house, blah, blah, blah. So I walk in, and not only were the 12 other Democratic assholes that I've been piling around with these last couple of decades there, but the room is full of women from my neighborhood that are, you know, moms that I know from carpool line, women that I play pickleball with, women that have never voted for Democrats before, women that have daughters, women that want privacy. And I was floored at, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God. And my friend Sarah comes up to me, she says, we're not alone anymore. I was like, no, we are not. And so This has really gotten people's attention. And I think that a lot of women who are moderate, you know, maybe not that political at all, like the three of us are, um, are outraged and scared. And the woman who hosted the event said, I'm just going to start off by saying I have three daughters and this is not okay. And yes. And so that is a group called We Are Rising, which I'm a member and it is only like three weeks old and it just grows exponentially because I think that there is this shared trauma of living in a red state for women and this desire to have camaraderie from these abusive laws to say, okay, I'm not crazy. That's crazy. And so there is this sisterhood that I'm feeling in the state with women that I've never really quite felt because it's... All directed at all of us. If you have a uterus, it's directed at you. And so I think there's this really strong desire for women to come together to correct course. And the over the overarching arguments that I keep hearing is this is too far, it's too extreme, it's too much.
0: You've said uh, you said to me early on that you uh, there were a lot of a lot of women that you knew that were pretty staunch Republicans who who are involved in this. Yes. One of
2: my friends sent me a text. Um, She has two daughters and we have always agreed to disagree politically forever. And she's a staunch Republican. And she sent me a text about, this is so maddening. I can't believe they've done this. You know, the Supreme Court justices lied, blah, 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 blah. And then she said, uh, And then once these babies are born, they don't care what happens to them. And I couldn't help it. I had to say, I had to respond via text message. I've been telling you this for 25 years. Right. Right. (laughs) But nonetheless, I have to remember it doesn't matter right now at this time in American history how anybody voted in the past, because we're just here. We are here. Some of us have been saying, hey, this could happen. Some people thought, no, this could never happen. But nonetheless, we have all arrived at this moment and women in red states are bearing the brunt of these draconian abusive laws and women are pissed and i don't know if oklahoma can flip but if it can't now with what i'm seeing on the ground here and the conversations that i'm having it never will because people go ahead.
1: Oh, no, I was just saying, looking at the polling numbers, it's astonishing that Oklahoma, which is a ruby red state, there is not a single Democrat who represents Oklahoma at any federal level, in any federal office, Congress or Senate. And looking at the polling numbers for the governor's race in Oklahoma, I'm seeing that y'all have a spread that is very similar to our spread here in Georgia between Brian Kemp and Stacey Abrams. And Georgia is a purple state with two Democratic senators and several Democratic members of Congress. And so it's fascinating. I mean, what everything that you're saying, you're absolutely right. Something is happening. There's momentum happening. We saw it in, in Kansas. And now y'all have this, this slow burn happening in Oklahoma. And this is a this is a real thing. I mean, it's again looking at these polling numbers and seeing that Stitt and I'm going to mispronounce his last name. Um, oh, Joy uh, Hoffmeyer. Hoffmeyer Yeah, So that Stitt and Hoffmeyer are really. I mean, it's it's a spread that's almost identical. It's like they're you know the the Real Clear Poll or 538 polling average is 5.1. You know, a spread. Looking at Georgia right now, there's a a spread between Kemp and Abrams. It's 5.5. This is. This is, like, you're doing something real in Oklahoma. This is an earthquake. So I want to tell you something that's interesting about
2: Oklahoma. So a few years ago, they put on the ballot to legalize marijuana. This ruby red conservative state came out and drove and voted to legalize it, much like Kansas did with abortion. So you think, I think that, you know, sometimes people on the coast think everybody in Oklahoma City is driving around with Trump flags and acting crazy. I never see that. Oklahoma City is an urban area. It is purple. I have Republican friends. I have Democrats, Democratic friends. But more than anything, my Republican friends are reasonable people. They're not fringe Republicans. And so I think these Republicans that you have in urban areas, suburban mothers, who they themselves went to college. They may have had an abortion. They drove a friend to have an abortion. They could have had, you know, an ectopic pregnancy. Um, really resonating with the public here in a way that I have never quite seen. When I walked into that house party, and I saw how many women were there, women that I one thousand percent are sure have probably never voted for a Democrat before in their lives are in there. And again, it's that desire because it's traumatic what happened. And I think when Roe was first overturned, everybody kind of was paralyzed nationwide. And laws started Texas, Oklahoma. And you heard about the 10-year-old in Ohio. And it yeah. just starts. And then half the new season of Handmade and Tell came out. Yes. We're all like, holy yeah. shit. What the fuck? And we're all like, we have to correct course.
0: So you've been having some events there with an organization called We Are Rising, which you are uh, a member of. You're not on the board and you've been putting out some videos and, um, and, and I've seen it and everybody should follow We Are Rising and uh, We Are Rising OK. Um, I think it's at We Are Rising
2: OK is one. And then I have another group of friends that have an Instagram that they're making fabulous, fabulous videos. Creative people in Oklahoma are making these, and theirs is this is not okay. Oh, okay, and the videos there are just phenomenal, and these are just citizens that live in Oklahoma but are not a part of any sort of larger political organization that want to change the course that we're heading down.
0: Have you gotten any pushback? Like, are are there like people in Oklahoma with like you had your rally? It got on local news. You know, I shared the clip. I thought it was great. And even the news anchors were like, whoa, wow, this is happening in Oklahoma. All right. <laughs> I mean, people just seem surprised. But what what's the pushback that you've gotten?
2: I think that there are some people that have never, have probably always been apolitical or they're told maybe women shouldn't talk about politics who are kind of going through this discomfort of how to message what they want to do and my response to that is the governor has criminalized you receiving medical care and he's going to charge you with a felony he's also going to charge the physician the uber driver and anybody else that knew about it and with felonies, and that is major. So our response needs to be proportionate. So your outrage and your anger and your desire to build camaraderie with other women and to mobilize and to motivate is totally justified. So I think some people have problems, especially right now. Everything is so horrible, horrible politically. You know, it's just everybody's. It, so insane but this is something totally tribal and and so I think some people are having a hard time but in Oklahoma City I will tell you it is not it's not Atlanta it's not as blue as where you guys live but it's purple I mean I think Hillary might have lost by a couple of points in Oklahoma County so it's not this huge massive disparity that you see on the statewide polling if you get our county Oklahoma County which is the bulk of the population and that's where I live and we are rising and this is not Oklahoma. These people, I know, they're in my community. Our kids go to school together. They might be Republican, but they're not nuts. These are reasonable people
1: that do not want to
2: know what's going on at the OBGYN.
1: Well, see, and that, and that's what I keep coming back to. And I and I, you know, spoke to a group of women here in Atlanta last night. Women know, and what, what I mean by women know is women know all of the things that can turn tragic In a pregnancy, and all of the things that can, you know, you can wake up one morning pregnant and designing your nursery, and then, you know, that night you could be in the ER bleeding out with a placental abruption. And the way the law is written now in so many places is that until that fetus's heart stops beating, it doesn't matter how much blood you are losing. It doesn't matter if you're going septic. It doesn't matter because. The laws are written with zero consideration for women's health, and they are they are written in an extreme way. Like I know in Georgia, and I'm sure it's well, and it because Oklahoma has happened after Dobbs, right? So in Georgia, we have this bonkers abortion bill that passed during a time when Roe was still the law of the land. And I had Republican colleagues say to me, I serve in the Georgia House, and I had colleagues like, oh well, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. This is just keeping us from getting primaries. Roe's never going to be overturned. Women knew then that Roe was absolutely in danger of being overturned. And women know now what a life-threatening circumstance we now live in, society we now live in with ourselves and with our daughters. And it's people with daughters who are thinking like, what happens? What happens if my daughter has an ectopic pregnancy? What happens if I have an ectopic? And and I keep going to these, like the 10-year-old girl, you know, like, like what happens if there are so many, there are just so many... Tragic, awful situations that happen that can result in a pregnancy that previously we never heard about. So, because they were handled privately.
0: Well, and that's why Oklahoma is so, so interesting. Well, Jennifer, I hope you keep us posted on everything that you guys are doing there. I'm just so fascinated with, um, I'm so rooting for you. I mean, it's, it's look, I know what if we live in Georgia, so we understand. When people like I remember when Stacey Abrams ran the first time and people are like that <laughs> and then 2020. We have two Democratic senators. And I think people are still skeptical that that, um, you know, people still think that a guy who paid for two abortions allegedly um, <laughs> could get elected as a U.S. Senator with absolutely no experience. You know, these, these, these are the things that are the reality. But something is happening in Oklahoma, man. I I, I, I believe in you. You have good taste, Jennifer. <laughs>
1: Well, oh, you know, oh and Jennifer, so Jennifer and this is Terry. I visited Oklahoma City for the very first time this past summer. And okay. I was so and full, like I lived in Texas for 10 years and so all the only information I ever had about Oklahoma came from living in Texas. So I basically visited I flew to Oklahoma City for a conference with no expectations and landed at the beautiful airport and you know 5 minutes later my Uber took me to downtown where I was staying there at that, that at the Omni Downtown I was so charmed by Oklahoma City. I had read Boomtown by Sam Anderson a few years ago. Yeah, and great great book. Everybody, you don't have to be into basketball. You don't have to be from, it was recommended to me by a friend who lives in Manhattan and who doesn't care about basketball. And she was like, read this book. It's really good. And it's a great book. And Oklahoma City is clearly having a renaissance. I had some of the best meals, Jennifer. Oh my God. Gosh, like Mader Lao, I was so thrilled when I saw it in the New York Times best restaurants in the country roundup because it's amazing. Like, there is some special stuff happening in Oklahoma City. It is so much more diverse than I had anticipated. It is so much, it's it is so vibrant. It is a city that has dealt with unfathomable, unthinkable tragedy. And like I, I visited the the where the Murrah building had been. I toured the, the museum. I mean the
2: museum is fantastic. It is, they did a great uh, job with the Memorial,
1: it, yeah, yeah uh, just like it, y'all are, y'all have Oklahoma. I guess what I'm saying is, what, the point I'm rambling to is, the folks of in Oklahoma, you have proven yourself time and time again that you are that there is a resilience there, and I think now what we're seeing with these women in Oklahoma is that it's that resilience, and and they're done.
2: And I want, I want everybody brushes off this election and what's happening in Oklahoma. And I don't know if we can do it, but I think we're super close. And a few things are going to happen. We're going to have an early vote march and a lot of organizations on the Saturday before election day. And we're going to march from the state capitol to the county election board. And we're going to have the tribes who have all endorsed Joy, who is the Democratic candidate. All five major tribes, American tribes. The We Are Rising group, the This Is Not Okay group, the League of Women Voters and other organizations that I'm not privy to right now, but they are organizing this. The city has approved it. We have a permit with a police escort, and we are going to march to early vote on Saturday to send a message, not only to every citizen of Oklahoma, but nationally, all of these other red states where women are completely under attack for seeking health care. And we're going to be charged as felons. We are going to send a huge message that it is not okay. And this is not about being a Republican or a Democrat. This is not a partisan issue. Um, I, My friend, Pops, who was on the show that uh, Mara and what Mara was talking about when she introduced me, we're launching a podcast October 25th called I've Had It. And the second episode we just recorded and um, we interview a woman who had problems with her pregnancy and she had to travel to Colorado to receive oh life-saving my God. Options where you can go home and get an infection and get on your deathbed and then I will legally be able to treat you. Right. You can go to Colorado. And I think here is the largest point that I'll leave you all with is women get abortions for a lot of different reasons. You could have your darling daughter who's, you know, the star of her sorority at the state university who has a one-night stand with the douchebag of the house, And a mom wants to say, I don't think this is the right time for you. You're making good grades. And I'm so sorry this happened, but we're going to handle this. And that's her business. And there's also on the extreme, the woman that we interviewed, Darcy, that had us married and in her 30s and wanted this child who had to travel across state lines. The bottom line and all of that is, is it's nobody's business. It is a choice and it is a choice for a woman. And if we do not correct this in these red states right now, I think it's going to have really bad implications. And it's gonna send a message to the minority who put this in place. The minority appointed Supreme right. Court. Not a majority. No that is a minority. No. Right on, sister. Right on, sister. <laughs> We're going to send a message to the minority that they have power, which is antithetical to everything that all of us have ever learned about this country. And so I want to thank you guys. I hope that y'all are sly and y'all are the first people that put this on your radar so that when the talking heads start November 8th, they're like, oh, nobody saw Oklahoma coming. And like, <laughs> they're like... Well,
0: it's, yeah, because, it's yes. Well, because um everybody should follow Jennifer on Instagram. It's Ms. Welch, it's M-I-Z-Z Welch. She travels, she designs, she's funny, she loves her French. Bulldogs. I hope I'm not creeping you out, but I am a fan. And now, and now we're friends. Um, (laughs) So um, we, it, I, it is just so admirable, your activism. So um, we are going to keep our eyes open. I keep saying people need to watch out for Oklahoma because in a weird way, like I just, I'm, and Terry and I keep talking about it too, especially when we look at these polls and this is something we talk about a lot is that these polls are only capturing registered, likely voters. So what's happening is different. We're just going to have to wait and see. In the meantime, we'll be looking out for your podcast called I've Had It With. Just I've Had It. I've Had It. That's a great title.
1: I've (laughs) Had
0: It. Episode one will be, just to give your
2: audience a little sampling will be October 25th. The title is, let's face it, Toddlers
1: Are Assholes. Oh, they which are. Which is true. They are. <laughs> they, are. they are. They are such assholes. They are. Well, and I'm excited <laughs> to see, because this is clearly the beginning of a movement in Oklahoma, and I'm excited to see which women emerge from this movement as future candidates also, because that's yeah. something that you're really doing is you're growing and you're cultivating these this whole new group of women who probably never even occurred to them before, and they're... And a lot of women who'd probably never like, well, maybe my husband will run or I won't, you know, that's not really what for me to do. And they're realizing it's absolutely for them to do. Right. Yes. And that's why
0: I hang around these women because I'm too, I'm a little too dumb uh, to to write, to write legislation like. Terry does. Yeah. Oh, I don't write it. There are people who do. Well, oh. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I tell them my really good ideas. Yes. <laughs> They're like, "Can uh, we write this?" Um, Jennifer, thank you so much, and good luck. We'll. I'll be in touch, of course.
2: Of course, thank you so much. It's so nice to meet you. And Great meeting you, I- Atlanta as well. Um, and Georgia, the race in Georgia, specifically Herschel Walker, so I know that Warner would probably pull through there. But love you guys. Let's do this November. Everybody in all of these states, we have to correct course.
1: Yes.
0: Well, that was great. I'm, that was she's amazing. She's amazing. It, it, it just goes to show Terry, like the internet can be a garbage dumpster fire full of rotten, horrible people but it could also be great because I reach out to people when I really like them and sometimes it works out
1: totally, totally. But I,
0: um, I'm actually very inspired what they're doing there. I think it's, I, I, I don't know. I have, I think she's absolutely right. When she said people are going to be like, what what happened in Oklahoma? And we'll be like, we told Told you.
1: you. I think a lot of women who don't typically Show up on the pollsters radar are clearly very mobilized in Oklahoma because to see that it's a tighter margin between the Democrat and the Republican running for governor there than in Georgia, yeah, that's mind blowing,
0: yeah, and I think there's going to be a lot of secret voters too, I
1: think, I think so too, just yeah.
0: like there were secret Trump voters in two thousand and sixteen, those people that didn't want to admit that that they were like, oh, "I don't really like Hillary. Let's mm-hmm. try something new here' And people didn't want to say it. Um, I think it's going to, I think, I don't know. I, you know, I could be wrong. We could be wrong. We could be
1: wrong. We don't know. We don't know. We'll know. We'll know in November.
0: Okay, so a couple of funny things, obviously, the, you know, not in the Democrats' favor is inflation and, and and the economy seems to be the number one thing that people are talking about as far as like, you know, Dems and disarray, and as if like inflation is just a Biden problem and it's not a global problem, right. but okay, right. okay, whatever, fine. fine, you
1: can have that. Yeah, let's look at the UK.
0: <laughs> let's look at every other country yeah. across the world and coming out of a global pandemic. I'm not saying it's good and I know families are struggling and it's really hard on everybody, but I mean, you, you know, Look, okay, you could argue that policies could have contributed to some of it. But this is a it's a much bigger, more complicated issue. But certainly it's, again, great campaign fodder because this means a lot to people, obviously. But this came from Fox News Business about a guy who ate at Taco Bell. And this is so funny. Here we go.
1: Yes, I had a nice lunch at Taco Bell. Cost me about twenty-eight dollars at Taco Bell for lunch. People need to pay for those things, and they do that by getting jobs and getting in the economy and getting active and getting involved. Wait a minute,
3: you spent twenty-eight dollars at Taco Bell for just yourself? For lunch? Yeah, it's it's true. Okay, that's That's a lot of chalupas. That's an inflation story. That is. He's a you're both thin, fit (laughs) guy. I can't see (laughs) me. That that's just like the opening appetizer, but whatever. I
1: mean, even. Fox Business was like, no, you didn't. No, you're not. Like, I know he's <laughs> full of shit because if you actually ate $28 worth of Taco Bell, you would die. Like, you certainly wouldn't be able to be on television that afternoon.
0: <laughs> Do you know, Terry, I have never had Taco Bell in my whole life. Really? I've never had it. And it's this running joke that, like, I've never had it
1: and I'm not going to have it. Well, I mean, you've been, I've never been to Disney. What? Yeah. No, never. Families, no. families with six kids, Mara, don't go to Disney unless you're- Yeah, but your, you your didn't TV take sh- your kids there? Shit, no. It's expensive. I took them to Paris. <laughs> and I swear you know what? the week we spent in Paris was cheaper than a week at Disney. You
0: know what? I, listen, peace and love to Disney. And we went there with Charlie and it was never great. One time, we've been twice. One time he got strep throat while we were there and it Ugh. was awful. Horrible. This other time it was a soccer tournament, you know, at the wide world of sports. Oh, yeah, no. And it was just, I will never need to ever go back.
1: Yeah. I've been to Orlando and I looked into buying tickets cause I was down for a conference and the kids were with me. I was like, Oh, maybe we can go over to Disney. And I saw what tickets cost for one day. I was like, absolutely right, not. Right, right, No, our hotel has a pool and we will hang out there. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, but to Taco Bell. So there was one right by my high school. So I ate a lot of Taco Bell.
0: Yeah, I mean, but nobody's spending $28 at Taco Bell. The whole point of Taco Bell is that that's why like stoners and young people love it because it's so cheap. Oh, yeah. I find it hard to believe that a talking head on Fox Business is is having lunch at Taco Bell.
1: Well, And and I'm not going to, not to nitpick, but he's like, I had a nice lunch at Taco Bell. (laughs) Using nice as a qualifier. Like I would be like, <laughs> I mean, there are lots of places I would say I had a nice lunch, but none of them are Taco Bell. Like you go to Taco Bell because Chick-fil-A is closed or you go to Taco Bell because like it's, you know, or you're like hungry
0: and you're drunk and it's the middle of the night and you, you and yeah, it's
1: cheap. It's cheap. Like I, I, I mean, like I've actually told my kids recently because you know, they, they have Taco Bell. Everyone's like, we're driving somewhere and there's just, there aren't sometimes we, we drive a lot around the South and sometimes there aren't many places to stop. And, and so we'll go to Taco Bell and, and we don't, my kids don't like McDonald's. I'm not a McDonald's fan. They don't like McDonald's. And McDonald's is never our default because McDonald's is super gross. And so we'll go to Taco Bell. And I told them, I was like, you know, when I was in high school back in the early nineties, I could buy myself a bean burrito and some yeah. of the, the you know a bean burrito and a and a mexican pizza or whatever which was just sort of with like the change from the ashtray in my Ford Festiva. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah. That was the appeal. Well,
0: and the only defense I'll give to McDonald's is they do have a good breakfast. I'm never mad an Egg McMuffin I don't or even the pancakes. Like, I don't like them. Okay. I don't like them. Um, so uh, we didn't really talk about the final January 6th um, commission hearing, which was pretty, I mean, it was really damning and there was a lot of stuff that, that was revealed, but it, I, I kind of feel like, you know, there's a Trump. There's like nothing, more, like we knew everything. It was horrible. There were all, and everybody's right. gross. And if you're defending it, you're, you're garbage. But yeah, um, they did release some footage about Nancy Pelosi, who we all watched, 80 years old, calm, cool, collected.
1: Wearing her high heels the entire time.
0: Literally just like, who do you want in a crisis? This is why women should be in government yep. because of the way she handled things. She was just like, they were all like, you know, Whatever, but um, you had Josh
1: Howley bolting across the Capitol.
0: Yeah, and here's the, here's this lady. You know, you may not like her policies, but girlfriend had her shit together, she is unflappable. So, but this was a a winning note that went around. Uh, let me get that.
1: Hang on. Secret Service said they have dissuaded him from coming to Capitol Hill. They told him they don't have the resources to protect him here. So, at the moment, he is not coming. But that could.
0: Change. 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 Oh, he comes. I'm going to punch him out. I'm waiting for this, for trespassing on the Capitol grounds. I'm going to punch him out and I'm going to go to jail and I'm going to be happy.
1: <laughs> I'm going to punch him out. I'm going to go to jail and I'm going to be happy. I mean, like I'm she, going to finally get a moment's peace. And, you know,
0: it's like, again, I've heard her daughter say this about her. Like she will cut you and you will not even know you're bleeding. I mean, this woman is brilliant. Yeah, Uh, My tip of the hat to her. And it just actually, while we're recording, it went viral today that like someone took a picture of her at the CVS and she was buying like Ritz crackers and like, you know, normal people things yeah which is really surreal when you're in i don't know if we talked about this last week when i was in dc i ran into ben sass who by the way no. yeah i saw ben sass walking into a restaurant and i was like oh, gosh he's kind of hot like he was kind of hot <laughs> um and it sort of surprised me i was like do senators and like do they just walk around with no security and i guess in dc they 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 do And then Ben Sass, well, he's been in the news too, the whole University of Florida thing. Oh, yeah. But we're going to have to save that conversation for another day. Um, Finally, one funny thing of note, you know, while while we leave you, I'm I'm sure um, people are still talking about Herschel Walker, and certainly uh, Jimmy Kimmel was too. But how many of us have the same father? (laughs) Introducing 34 and me. (laughs) Just swap
2: moments. Our team will analyze the results and reveal if Herschel Walker is your dad.
0: He is. Yeah, he is.
1: What? <laughs> what
0: the f- in me. So what do I do now? Be quiet. I'm Raphael Warnock and I approve this message. Well, I not can't say out of oh of course, he did not approve that message, <laughs> but I'm sure he did not mind the publicity <laughs> with that. Uh, no, Georgia politics, uh, oh, Georgia politics, never boring. Well,
1: again, every, I mean, every other person who piles on Herschel Walker makes it easier for Raphael Warnock to stay above the entire fray. I mean, it's just, it's it's like, it's just too easy. There's just, and, you
0: know, I think the, his whole doubling down on the lying is is, I think- it was different for Trump, Terry. He could kind he was kind of Teflon in that way. Right. I think for other people it's 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 really different. But we're gonna have to wait and see. I don't trust anybody, and that's my motto. Nobody knows everybody thinks they know everything, but nobody knows anything. No. And we learned that from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. We were gonna wait and see, learned it from polls, learned it from debates. Nobody knows. Nobody knows.
1: Anything else you wanna add? No, I think you know, just if you're not able to catch the debates live, they're going to be available on the internet. You're going to see clips. The, you know, yeah, it's, these debates will not be very hard for you to find and for you to watch wherever you might happen to be with your phone.
0: All right. And early voting as this podcast is on right now, yes, it's happening. Today, or so, today is yes. the first
1: day of early voting, October 17th and do it, do it.
0: Do it. Okay. Uh, Christina Laringer, thanks for producing and being with us for these extra episodes. We appreciate you. We know you are very, very busy. And so this, you know, peace and love to you. We appreciate you and we appreciate you for listening. Please uh, tweet about it. Uh, Subscribe to the Vote Her podcast and make sure that you're making your voting plan and you're voting for Terry if you're in Terry's district. And of course, telling everybody you can that you've got to vote for Senator Jen for Attorney General. Yes, you do. Okay, we'll talk to you next time. Bye.